0: Welcome to the Compass Thoughts Podcast from Belmont Assembly of God Church. My name is Pastor Joey Silva, and I am joined today by my fellow peer, Pastor Evelyn Gerard, the children's pastor here at Belmont Assembly of God. And this podcast, just to give you a, a quick understanding is uh, one of just various topics we're gonna have conversations we want you to be able to hear what's on your pastor's hearts what's on the different leadership's hearts uh, and kind of our opinion so uh, we're gonna have a little bit of a dialogue we're gonna have different topics every week and we hope you take the time to enjoy it to follow it subscribe and maybe even share it with some of your friends so stay tuned and uh, enjoy the next few minutes Now, a lot of you, Evelyn, don't really know you too well many are actually surprised that you and I are related you're my sister my older sister and I guess the Gerard last name can throw that off for some people but uh, I wanted to give everyone a chance to try to get to know you a little bit better like I said if you don't have children you probably don't interact with Pastor Evelyn as much Uh, you probably don't have an opportunity to to talk to her and get to know her as a person and so I just want to open up with a couple of funny maybe just more interesting things Uh, not too long ago in December I had to quarantine, self-quarantine, just because I was in close contact with somebody who had COVID. Thank God I didn't end up getting it. But that quarantine was in uh, our basement in a room that you used to use back in college that is almost like a shrine to you because no one ever touched it. It's literally how it looks when you left there God knows how many years ago. And so as I'm in your old room, I'm noticing a weird pattern where... Pepe Le Pew from Looney Tunes is all over that bedroom. Can you explain to me your obsession with Peppy Le Pew?
1: I got it when I was a teenager, so early on. So for those of you that don't know, I um, started dating my husband when I was 17 years old. So we've been together for 23 years. And so um, we started dating right before school ended our senior year But for half of high school, he pursued me. And I was like, thanks, but no thanks. Like, we're cool. You friend zoned him? Absolutely. And so when he finally won me over, the Pepe Le Pew theme, if you notice, Pepe Le Pew is chasing that poor cat, Penelope. It's their theme. And she's like, no, no, no. And at the end, she finally gives in. So I was like, look, I'm a cat. You're a skunk. We're too different. No thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, 23 years later, I'm now married and I have a whole family with my skunk. (laughs) I love
0: that. I love that. Um, Speaking of which, uh, you got into ministry um, much later in life than a lot of other people. You had a number of successful careers in corporate world. So what made you leave a great job in the corporate world for um, pastoring and working specifically with children?
1: Um, I think God was so good in the fact that it was a gradual process. So in my 20s, I had a career, man, that I loved. I gave my life for it. And God, pulled me out after probably a year of telling me I needed to go. And I was like, yeah, but wait, you know, like the money's good. The The prestige is good. (laughs) Like I'm achieving so much, like just wait, God. And it was always like I needed to reach some other milestone before I would leave. And I was setting my own conditions. And I remember um, when I finally left, people were like, wow, you're like really at peace. You're like leaving all of this behind. And I remember looking at them and I was like, you don't understand that this is God making something happen that I've procrastinated for so long. I knew that God was calling me. Um, And at the time, I had just bought a brand new house and was pregnant. And my whole life was turned upside down. But I knew that that I was doing what God had asked me to do. And so in that time is when I finally came back to work in ministry. And I remember walking up to, at the time, Pastor Rick, um, in Aida and saying, Hey guys, like God is changing my life. And one of my priorities has to be serving in a gift that God gave me to teach. And so I'm here, use me however you can, as often as you need, like, this is what God wants me to do. And so that was him laying the groundwork. Um, and you know, through that, I, I worked in the ministry for eight years before God called me to pastor. And I remember the last year in my last job, um, again, God was so gracious and it was promotion after promotion. And I was just up for a brand new position for the, the CFO, uh, working directly for him, created just for me, like this beautiful thing, you know, when you look at your career, lucrative and successful and with prestige. And I remember probably the whole year before that, um... I was just given giving these odd jobs and these weird things. And I remember thinking, like, what on earth? Like, I started to be a social worker. Why am I doing financial analysis? And why am I doing these spreadsheets? And I remember thinking, okay, God, well, I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to learn because one way or another, you're going to use this. I have no idea what you're prepping me for, but you're going to use this one day. And I was just, my heart wasn't content. No matter what I did, no matter what I achieved, it wasn't what I was meant to do. And I really felt like God was like, be patient because I'm going to use this one day. And literally out of the blue, I get a call asking if I would take the children's pastor. And I was like, oh, no, wait. See, because my plans were to be a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and then be like the sidekick of the kid's pastor. Like, whatever you need, I'm going to do. Like, not be the kid's pastor. Yeah. i was just going to be the sidekick. Like, whatever you need. Um. And it, and it was difficult because I was like, I didn't go to seminary. I don't know the Bible like that. Like, no, my brother's the preacher. You know, we already got one of those in the family. That's his. I'm just a Sunday school teacher. I'll be a Sunday school teacher until I die. Mm-hmm. Um. But God really tugged at my heart and it wasn't about me and it wasn't about my capabilities and it wasn't about what I could give. It was about what God can do through me if I would just say yes. Mm-hmm. and you know as i looked back you know hindsight is 2020 20, i saw god laying the groundwork for that and so i took a giant leap of faith it changed everything sure. and a lot of people were like how could you do that you still have young children and a house and a mortgage and you're going to leave the financial security of a corporate job um and i just remember thinking like god is faithful wherever he leads me i'm going to say yes yeah um and it has he has continued to test my faith. <laughs> my whole <laughs> life is an experiment of faith right now, um, but he 's been faithful and i 'm so
0: grateful well, speaking of hindsight being two thousand twenty um, looking back and and even where we 're at right now, this has been an interesting year to be in ministry, uh, especially children 's ministry, because unlike even with the youth and with the adults who we had maybe a couple of months in the fall to get back in person, we have not had in-person children's ministry for almost a year. We're a couple of months away Mm -hmm. from it being almost a full calendar year since we've been able to do in-person children's ministry. And I imagine uh, this whole year, if it's been hard for us as adults, uh, what is it affecting Or how is it affecting our kids? And so as I was praying and preparing for this interview, uh, the Lord brought to heart uh, a key verse for me. And that was in Luke 10, 27. It says, the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And uh, I'll just stop right there. I think I love that verse because it really does encompass what makes us up as people. And you and I, you know, we're fully formed. Some of us are still growing a little sideways, but for the most part, we're developed. Children are developing. And so this verse to me impacts it a lot more because we've interrupted development aspects of most of our children. And so I wanted to kind of tackle each category and just pick your brain a little bit on how this has affected our children's health and what are some things we can do about it. And so uh, the first aspect that I want to look at, you know, it talks about all your heart, right? Let's talk about kids' emotional health. Uh, The thought came to mind, I was thinking the other day, my one-year-old daughter has never met anyone her age or younger, she has never met in person anyone her age or younger. The only kids that she's literally ever played with are her cousins. And that is maybe, I can count on my hand how many times in the year, maybe one each. Mm-hmm. So how do you uh, feel, you know, this is affecting our kids being cut off from most of their peers. How do you think that's affected them emotionally?
1: Obviously, I, th- I think it's been a, a very great impact. It is probably one of my primary par. Prayers on a daily basis is that God would cover them because so much of their so much of their learning is about interaction with people. These interpersonal skills it's so fundamental. But I think if you really look back, um, I'm grateful for the fact that I can be there with my kids. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, luckily our kids aren't alone, locked away in a room all by themselves. Yeah. They have at least a parent. They have maybe you know, another family member, someone is with them. And I think, Um, although, yeah, it's hard for them. They want people their age, and we can be creative. My kids have Zoom dates. They have play dates. They'll write letters, and we'll go drop them off at their friends' houses, and they wave from the sidewalk, and you've got to get creative. You have to be intentional. I try to always think of how can I keep them connected with their peers, but I've also seen that this is a really great opportunity to connect as a family. How am I working in that relationship? And so I've seen throughout this year just how closer I've been drawn to my daughters you know I was like back and I'm like my biggest desire my biggest prayer was Lord can I please be a stay-at-home mom like will you please one day let me be a stay-at-home mom (laughs) so it's your
0: fault oh this is your fault yeah of course
1: and uh, no no but for me I thought wow this is the closest I'm gonna get like this is it I'm there all the time and I know I know that they're tired of me as sometimes I can be tired of them but there is a blessing in that relationship so not only as a family whatever your family unit may look like um but yeah you can be creative with with regards to peers and play dates and so when my kids have their virtual play dates I'm they can't meet with their friends without me there I don't they're not allowed to use devices without me or or my husband there and so We've gotten to know even their friends probably yeah. more than before. And we're like, oh, I really like this friendship. Or maybe I'm going to sit a little closer for this call.
0: And, sure. <laughs> and, <see." laughs>
1: and so we found ourselves even coaching our daughters on their interpersonal skills. Like, hey, you know, a lot about being a good friend is asking more questions and, and helping them feel loved and helping them feel good when you're around them. Um, And they're like, really? I didn't think about that. So we're even coaching them in their friendships and in their interpersonal skills. So I think like with everything, if we're intentional, you can gain some good from it.
0: Yeah. I think uh, emotional intelligence is obviously one of the things that we're looking um, just to kind of help and grow in people. And I like what you brought up that we have an opportunity right now to really Grow with them and help guide them through this emotional journey and expressing their emotions and understanding that, yeah, this isn't pleasant, but this is how we process that unpleasantness. So I like that. Uh, I, I miss seeing our children here at church just running around after service with no care for who's in their way and just chasing each other through the sanctuary when service is done. And uh, I hate to use this analogy. I almost think of there are some dogs that are house dogs, and there are some dogs that just love to run around and <laughs> need to go to the park. And I think most kids, they need to get around and need to run around, even the ones who like to be on devices. So how have we managed their physical health? So we talked about their emotional health. How do we manage... Uh, their physical health. What are some things that we can do to help them be physically active besides just making them do the dishes?
1: <laughs> yes, my kids have a chore chart. So after they're done with their day of schooling, they got to get some energy out first, taking care of the house, um, and and that helps. But obviously, again, it's being creative. You know, everybody knows the family walks, which in the winter right now is not the easiest thing to do. Um, But I love how all of these questions just made me look back and think about all of the resources that we put on our Compass Kids page. Mm. So we revamped our compasskids.us page. It is a living, breathing page that is updated weekly um, and monthly. So different contents is there. So we actually put some additional resources on there. So the resources that I put on our website are things that I use with my daughter's. And so there are things that that I am testing, that I am using, and I think, you know, I sat on Pinterest for an hour trying to find these things so that, you know, that single mom that is barely making, you know, time to spend with their kid can easily access, grab, and use. So we have fun things on there like scavenger hunts indoor scavenger hunts, right now in the Windsor you can't find, outdoor scavenger hunts, exercises, coloring pages, questions. I mean, we put together a 2020 time capsule where you could just sit down as a family and write down the things that happened in 2020 so that five, 10 years from now you can go back and look. And so you're having to go collect objects and bring them in. And, and so we're trying to do that. We do our CK Fun Nights are on um, Tuesday nights now at 7 p.m. We do Facebook Live events and every month it changes and i i'm very intentional and prayerful about doing something different every every month usually. Um, and a lot of them have been interactions or right now we're doing science experiments and you know, the kids could gather around and do things. We are crafting through these stories so that they have something tangible, something physical, so that they are using all of this energy. And even though we can't run around together and we can't play together, this is something that we can do virtually. So I, we try to be intentional about making the gospel present and relevant, but also tangible. How can you, how can you feel it, live it, use it? So if you're out, you know, hunting for, for, for things, um, you know, and and if you're looking at leaves, it's snow, it's snowmen, like this is all God's creation. So um, making it physical and tangible not only addresses the the physical energy that they have, but it's using that to channel in some spiritual growth.
0: Yeah, and these kids, they have energy. And if they're not using that energy, they can get lethargic and they can get depressed and then get emotionally down and so I got lucky that my daughter uh, couldn't walk for most of this because she's still too young but now that she is and now that she's moving around more she wants to dance and she wants to jump and she wants me to play with her so hey I've been getting physical activity too
1: you know I will say one of my favorite (laughs) things that we do every month is every month we put a family worship video together for every age group so toddlers and preschoolers as well as elementary and these are worship songs That have so these videos have movement to them. And so one of the things that I do with my daughters in the morning is we have Um, Bible time and then in the afternoon we do family worship time and so there's these really fun movements so a lot of them are kind of like the just dance videos that the kids love doing but this is worship and so especially for the younger ones who can't read and and can't memorize all the lyrics to a song they can follow along in the movement so we call it our morning workout or our daily workout and the kids come through and you're going to get all this energy out while you're worshiping Jesus while you're entering his presence and you could do it as a family or you could just have the kids sit down but you know like we make it fun everything in our family is a competition so like i got the dance moves better than you got the dance moves and let's see um and that has been super fun and it changes every month and these are the songs that we utilize in our sun in our virtual sunday school so it helps them get familiar with it and understand um the lyrics and how they are to worship our king
0: i love that um you know i just talked about how physical activity can help with mental health. I think sometimes we underappreciate the mental strains that children go through. Uh, Now add on to that the fact that they're having to sit in front of a computer for the entirety of a uh, class schedule, and now poor babies can't even get a snow day anymore, right? (laughs) Uh, E-learning has eliminated and killed the snow day. Uh, Help us understand from the perspective of a child what this mental fatigue is like.
1: Gosh, that... That one breaks my heart. And that one is, thats um, probably a little harder because children learn through all of their senses. It's not just one. And so when you are doing so much of your learning virtually in front of a screen, you're engaging, you know, your eyes and your ears a lot. But again, where's that physicality? Yeah. And so I've seen a lot of teachers do just a really great job. Um, and this is what we try to incorporate in our Compass Kids events also is taking these brain breaks and doing yeah. something fun and physical and engaging, whether it be through art, whether it be through dance, whether it be just through movement and centering. Um, Again, I think everything about parenting is being intentional. Mm. And so if you're intentional and you have a plan, um, not just kind of winging it. Because kids could just sit on a device all day long and they just don't like it. And so even like when we have our, our worksheets that we do with the kids on Sundays, we'll sit down and do it with them. And sometimes I'll print an extra copy for Kevin and I. And we're like, who can do it faster? Or whatever activity is here. And they're like, no, I got it. And again, it's a competition. It's having fun. It's engaging their brain. But one of the things that I've loved about is is if you are intentional and I think if you're prayerful about it, there are so many teaching opportunities throughout the day sure. when you're interacting with your kids. I found myself teaching my children so much more at home, even though I'm not I'm not homeschooling. They have yeah. a they have a, a teacher. Um, just these moments. And I think about when God talks about meditating on the word every day, it's not like you literally reciting the chapter that you read that sure. morning all day, but it's that thought and and applying it throughout the day, and and listening to to when God is saying, "Here's this teachable moment." You know, this morning we talked about it. You can address um, having grace and mercy with your kids right now because they they can't stop fighting.
0: Yep. Well, I like that you mentioned intentionality uh, because I think we got a greater appreciation this year for what people who are in charge of our children do—not just school teachers. Obviously, we've all learned that how hard that job is, but um, Sunday school teachers. Can you talk to me about the personal responsibility believers have in? taking, uh, their children's spiritual life in their hands and making sure they understand they might have a Sunday school teacher that you've assigned here on Belmont on Sundays, but ultimately aren't all parents, their Sunday school teachers, aren't we responsible for that?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, it's funny. I've been studying the book of Exodus and we're looking at um, God's people. And I was reading how um, before they entered the promised land, you know, they had wandered for 40 years and, and they made this difficult for themselves. But before they're about to enter this promised land, God asked Moses to give them this clear directive of keeping his commands and and his word. Mm-hmm. And he specifically speaks to parents and he says, write these you know, write these down, talk about them day and night, yeah. make sure that your children know. And I think it's a clear example that God calls parent. you as a parent are ultimately responsible for the spiritual health of your child. Yeah, You have a greater impact throughout the entire week than a Sunday school teacher can have in an hour and a half once a week. And, and if, you know, if you have an opportunity to bring them twice a week, that's two hours. Um, if you talk about virtually, we get an hour a week with your children. Sure. And so I think one of the things that we as a ministry are very intentional about is not just teaching the children, but providing the tools and the resources for the parents to continue teaching at home. Again, with the intentionality. All of our lessons have this at-home component. So if you look at like our virtual Sunday school, we've got these sheets. And if you don't have a printer, we have a a free app download. And all of these not only, you know, give the Bible verse and the song and the story, but there's even questions that as a family you can look at throughout the week and just talk about at the dinner table. Yeah. You know, um, questions you can talk about when you're driving around. You know, my kids, we just once a week, I go pick something up at Target because my kids just want to get out of the house. So we just Mm -hmm. drive around. And we just drive and that's, we have a, an in-car playlist and, yeah. and we, they usually call it mommy's favorite gospel songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, it's our, it's our girl's playlist. They're like, mommy, you know, it's really your playlist, sure. but I'm gonna get the word in them, however. So we just drive around and we get it. But these are conversations that you can have when you're in the car or, or, or that. And again, our at-home resources, you can gather and you can do them, but ultimately it's about you. And it's about what you are doing with your child. And I love the fact that in this season I've had more time. Mm-hmm. So with both of my daughters, I've done a personal Bible study with them and we're talking about things. And yeah. you know, my favorite, we began the year with my older daughter and and we were teaching her to to identify the lies of the enemy and replace them with the truth of the word. So I'm like, you know, when I tell you guys to read the Bible, when we're memorizing these verses, here's why. Because when you know it, you can apply it in your life and change your whole situation. Um, And so now you have an opportunity to take these big ideas that they learn at Sunday school and apply them to everyday life. And so that is like all day long, you're planting seeds that are going to generate big spiritual fruit in their lives now and in the future. Yeah,
0: and even the excuse of, well, I don't know so much. uh, I love that even with the resources that we're providing, you can learn. So, you know, my daughter, uh, we put on uh, a show on PBS, and I'm sitting there going, oh, I didn't know that oh, that's really interesting, and researching stuff like, Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, so I love that if you're engaged and if you're intentional, uh, maybe you can grow a little bit too. Uh, all right, last thing, uh, just to save a little time here. I know ultimately the decision on when to resume children's ministry is up to the whole church leadership, but... Having talked about everything we talked about, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, how do you balance everything that we just mentioned with the real life risk that this virus still poses and that whole decision of whether or not to open or stay closed, when to open, how to go about that?
1: That has been just something we've continued to pray about. And I do see the light at the end of the tunnel, obviously, now that the the vaccine is out and, and we're seeing that. But I think more than anything, our primary focus was to keep our children and our staff safe. Yeah. Because if we opened up and they came in and the virus started spreading, you don't have an opportunity to teach and to feed and the spirit now gets affected. So if we could eliminate that possibility of them getting sick. Keep them safe. Keep them at home, but still send the gospel. We have from week 1, the day the doors closed at church, that very next week, the gospel has been getting to our kids virtually. Yeah. We have it available on all social media platforms, on our website. It's archived. I mean, it's there and we have been very intentional about how we're going to continue to get the gospel into their hands, but ultimately bringing them in there are a lot of factors to weigh in, not just the children, but the staff safety, the logistical aspect. And until we know that we can keep people safe, yeah. then you know it, it's not worth the risk. Um, so we continue to wait every day. I'm, I'm on the news, I'm reading CDCs, I'm praying. Um, and that's how I think I present it to, to leadership also. And we're just kind of right now watching and waiting and trusting that God is gonna give us the exact moment when it will benefit. Our children physically as well as spiritually to have yeah. them back in house. And I
0: like that that's the key, right? It's not running ahead of the Lord, making sure that we're in step with what He's telling us to do. And the uh, worst thing we can do is get ambitious and try to do something and say, Well, God's got our back when God didn't tell us. You know, yes. it's great that God has our back, but we should have God's back. We should be following him yes. and not asking him to follow our lead. And so I love that. Well, Pastor Evelyn, thank you so much for everything you do for our children, for the time that you pour into this ministry. I know That it comes from a deep place in your heart, and it's a love that you have for God and for His people. And so uh, we hope that you enjoyed this conversation. Stay tuned next week as we meet with another guest and we explore some more Compass Thoughts. God bless you.
1: Thank you. God bless.